Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Unionville Alliance Church. So happy to see uh, each and every one of you here today and thankful for this year of uh, 2024. And as we've started this series on Emmanuel in the Old Testament, uh, in, during our Christmas series, we talked a little bit about uh, Emmanuel and we sang about Emmanuel. Guess what? How many love Christmas songs? Do you love Christmas songs? Well, guess what? We're going to sing one more Christmas song today at the end of the service, okay? Sort of a Christmas song. It's about Emmanuel. I hope it'll be a blessing for you. Uh, but as we journey uh, throughout Emmanuel in the Old Testament, next Sunday, we're going to be starting a new series. You're going to see our stage transformed a little bit uh, because there's going to be a tabernacle up here as we study about uh, Emmanuel in the tabernacle. And so today I want to, uh, although it's wrapping up Emmanuel in the Old Testament, it's actually not wrapping up Emmanuel in the Old Testament because there's so much more that we could say that unfortunately we can't. We started with uh, talking about God's relationship with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And then we went over and we talked about uh, God with Noah and how Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And there was this relationship of Emmanuel, God's presence with Noah that saved him and helped him. And even that ark representing that covering for Noah and his family. And then last week, we were looking at uh, Emmanuel in the journey of the life of Abraham and, and covenant theology and how God made this covenant with Abraham to show his presence with uh, Abraham. And so today, uh, we're going to look at uh, Emmanuel in the journey and life of Moses. But before that, I want to just show you a few other glimpses of Emmanuel between Abraham and Moses. And by showing you between Abraham and Moses, I want you to understand that although we're going into the tabernacle next Sunday, because that comes right after the story and journey of Moses, because Moses led the building of the tabernacle, there's so much more about Emmanuel in the Old Testament that happens post-tabernacle. But here are a few things, a few incidences. When you look at Isaac, the son of Abraham, when God spoke to Isaac and God promised Isaac, he said, live here as a foreigner in this land and I will be with you. There's the glimpse of Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. And here's the glimpse of Emmanuel in the life of Isaac. And I will be with you and I will bless you and hereby confirm that I will give all these lands to you and your descendants just as I solemnly promised Abraham your father. Emmanuel with, A with Adam and Eve, Emmanuel with Noah, Emmanuel with Abraham, Emmanuel with Isaac. If you look at another verse in Genesis, it says here about Isaac as well. The Lord appeared to him on the night of his arrival. I am the, the, the God of your father, Abraham, he said. Do not be afraid for... I am with you. Don't be afraid because Emmanuel is making an appearance to say that I am with you. Why are we studying Emmanuel in the Old Testament? Because Emmanuel, the presence of God was with some of these Old Testament saints, these Old Testament characters at times and seasons. But now in the New Testament, as we'll get to uh, when we get to Easter, uh, that the Holy Spirit is poured out upon us. And now we carry the presence of God with us wherever we go. We have the blessing in this New Testament time, post-Easter, post-resurrection of Jesus, post-Holy Spirit being poured out, that we can enjoy God's presence with us all the time. But God had to come for Abraham and for Isaac and to be able to say, I am with you. I will bless you. I will multiply your descendants. And even to Isaac's son, Jacob, here's a promise that God gives to Jacob. He says this, and what's more, Jacob, I am with you. And I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have 
promised you. This was a promise to, to Jacob, that the Lord's presence would be with Jacob. How many here, you want the presence of God? We sang that just right now, Lord, uh, Holy Spirit, come fill this place, come fill me. We can't go even one day without God's presence. We need Emmanuel to be with us. And then if you go to one of uh, Jacob's sons, Jacob had a bunch of sons, but one of them was Joseph. And here it says in Genesis, what happened was, and I won't go into the, the whole story, but Joseph was sold into slavery and then sold into, uh, given to, sold into Potiphar's house in Egypt. And here, look at what it says about Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph. It wasn't just that God was with Joseph. Now other people started to notice that God was with Joseph. I wonder if other people noticed that about us. Do other people, through our interactions, through our character, through what we do, will other people come and see and say, there's something different about this person. There's something that's exuding out of this person. It's the presence of God. I can see that whatever this person does, the Lord's presence is there. Emmanuel is there. The blessing of God is there. Joseph eventually went into prison, a dark night, a terrible experience, trials, difficulties. But what does it say about Joseph even in prison? But the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. Friends, even in our dark nights, the Lord is with us. Look at this other verse in Genesis 39. The Lord was with him, Joseph, and caused everything he did to succeed. And because I don't have time, you can look on our notes page on our, on our website. Uh, there's, here's a few other examples of Emmanuel in the Old Testament. And the Lord was with Joshua. The Lord was with Samuel. The Lord was with David. The Lord was with Hezekiah. The Lord was with Phinehas. The Lord was with Jehoshaphat. You can read some of these references and see the, 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 the sprinklings of Emmanuel there in the Old Testament. And you can see what God is doing. But as we come to the end of Genesis and then to the beginning of, of Exodus, and maybe some of you might have read some of these portions if you're reading through the Bible. If, if you remember, my exhortation to the church was to try to read through the, the whole Bible this year in 2024. And I was, I was really blessed, uh, as a number of you shared with me, that you're actually doing that this year. And so I'm excited uh, for that happening uh, in our congregation. But at the end of Genesis, there's this verse about Joseph, which is about Joseph, but I think the writer to, uh, of the book of Genesis also is using this verse as a prelude to what's going to happen in Exodus. And he says this about Joseph. When Joseph says, says this actually about his brothers who sold him into slavery and betrayed him and hurt him and did all these terrible things to him, Joseph said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. See, God was intending something for good, even in the midst of some difficulty. And I think although this describes Joseph's experience, the, the beautiful way in which the scriptures are structured is that this verse is there, the last chapter of the book of Genesis, as I think a prelude to what's going to happen in the book of Exodus, because the children of Israel are going to go through some really hard and difficult things. They're going to go through a really difficult night some hard trials, and not just the children of Israel, but Moses as well. And if I can share with you, my thesis of the message today is this. If you go away with one thing, this is what I want you to go away with. 
is that in the midst of difficulties and trials and in the midst of the dark night of Moses, he knew Emmanuel, the presence of God with him. And even though everything wasn't fulfilled and and, and completed to the way that he would have wished and wanted, Emmanuel was with him in his dark night. And friends, I want to encourage you today, you might have come here today with some trials and difficulties and problems, difficulties in your family, difficulties with finances, difficulties with your health, difficulties and trials in in your workplace, whatever it might be. I want you to know, as we can see in the Old Testament through Adam and Eve, through Noah, through Abraham, through Isaac, through Jacob, through Joseph, through Moses, through all these other people we see in the Old Testament is foreshadowing to what God wanted to do in the New Testament time in us is that he wants to be Emmanuel with us in our trial and in our difficulty, in the hardships of life. And so I want to share with you five things that you might relate to that Moses went through that I hope will be an encouragement for you because if this great man, Moses, who is probably one of the greatest, if not the greatest uh, prophet that we read in the Old Testament time, if he went through this, then we can take consolation knowing that as we go through some difficulties and trials as well, that Emmanuel is with us as well. And so the first thing is this, is that Emmanuel was with Moses when he didn't even know it. Emmanuel was with Moses when he didn't even know it. If you start right at the book, at the beginning of the book of Exodus, we read the story about Moses' birth. It was at a time when the children of Israel were growing in number and Pharaoh was really upset and he commanded all of the male children to be killed. And so when Moses was born, there was something beautiful that happened that his mother did. It says, the woman became pregnant, this is Moses' mom, and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. Now, that in itself is amazing. As a father of a a one-month-old, to keep a baby quiet so that nobody else knows that you have one is a miracle in itself. But God protected Moses. In this time when there was all sorts of murder, all sorts of killing that was going on, God protected Moses. Emmanuel, God's presence was there in the family of Moses. And then if you read a couple of verses later in, in, in Exodus chapter 2, what happened is uh, Moses' mother puts Moses in a basket, puts Moses into the, uh, into the river after about three months because she knows she can't hold on to him forever. But the beautiful way that God goes ahead and protects Moses and brings Moses to the daughter of Pharaoh, and the daughter of Pharaoh finds Mo- Moses and says, I'm going to adopt this, this uh, Isra- Israelite child. I'm going to make him my own. I'm not going to kill him like all the other Israelite boys, but I'm going to make him my own. And so the, the, Moses' sister was right there as well and said, should I find someone that could nurse the child, that could take care of the child for you? And she's like, yeah, yeah find somebody. So who does, does she go and find? The mother of Moses. Friends, this is not a coincidence. This is the fingerprints of Emmanuel right there working. This is God doing something when Moses didn't even know what was happening. God was doing something. Take this baby and nurse him for me. The princess told the baby's mother, I will pay you for your help. So the woman took her baby home and nursed him. Isn't that amazing that the mother got to hold on to Moses even longer? This is God working behind the scenes. When Moses didn't even know it, Emmanuel was with him. Fast forward to um, 
uh, Moses turns around 40 years old and he thinks or believes that he's a, the deliverer of, of Israel because he grows up in the palace. He has so much power and authority. And somehow he has this revelation, this understanding, this calling from God that he should deliver Israel. And so he tries to do it in and of himself out of his own strength. And so he goes out and he sees an Egyptian mistreating an Israelite. And so he comes in between that and he ends up killing the Egyptian. And then the next day when he, he's trying to go out again to try to be the deliverer of Israel. And he sees two Isra uh, Israelites uh, arguing and he says, why are you guys arguing? You are brothers. Don't, don't argue like this. And they say, well, what are you going to do? You're going to kill us like you killed the Egyptian? And he realized what had happened and he fled. See, in the book of Acts, we read about Moses, and it says this about Moses. Moses assumed his fellow Israelites would realize that God had sent him to rescue them, but they didn't. Moses assumed at that time when he went out to try to help his own people, that they would realize that, look, I grew up in the palace. I have so much authority. I have so much wisdom. I have so much talents and abilities. Hey, listen to me. I can help you. You are my people. Let me help you. And he realized that they didn't realize that. And so he had to flee. Forty years later, as Moses was in the wilderness, and you might look at that and you might think, oh, he was just wasting his life away. No, he wasn't. God was preparing Moses for what Moses had to do. And so when Moses encounters God at the burning bush, when Moses gets the calling from God again in a different way now, to go and liberate the children of Israel. Look at what it says in Exodus 3. But Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Can you see the difference? Can you see what God did in Moses' life? At the age of 40, Moses is like, I'm the man. I can do this. Listen to me. I will lead you guys out. It took 40 years for God to humble Moses and bring him low to a place where Moses would depend not on his own strength and abilities, but on the living and true God. That he would depend on what God was doing. And so when Moses comes before the Lord, Moses says, who am I to do this? How can I do this? I need you, God, to do this. I can't do it on my own. The Apostle Paul says it like this in, first, in 2 Corinthians. He says, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. It's from God. If we go in thinking like, I can do this, I have all these abilities and talents, I'm the, the person who can solve the world's problems, just put me in that place, I'll bring world peace around, no problem. If we go in with our own ambition, with our own pride, with our own talents and abilities, we will fail. It was the same calling at age of 40, Moses somehow had some revelation that he should deliver Israel, but acting on his own strength, he failed but acting with the Lord, he was able to be successful. When Moses didn't even know it, Emmanuel was with him. In those 40 years in the wilderness, when, God didn't, when Moses didn't even know who the living and true God was, God was with him. Friends, in whatever situation that you're in, you are here today in the house of the Lord for a purpose and a reason. You are not here by mistake. God has put you here. God has revealed himself to you. God has spoken to you. God has inspired your heart. God is doing something in your life for the very fact that you are here today. If you're watching online, you are watching online not because you just scrolled by or you clicked another link, because God wants you to listen to this message.
Number two, Emmanuel was with Moses when he was fearful. How many here, have you ever been fearful of something? Anyone? Maybe to get a call from Pastor Daniel saying, hey, can you do scripture reading on Sunday? (gasps) No, 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 no. Right? Sometimes we get fearful of things, right? Sometimes we get scared, and Moses was like that, but Emmanuel was there in the midst of his fear. Emmanuel was there in the midst of his fear, in the midst of his difficulty. There at the burning bush, let's look at a couple of verses in Exodus chapter 4. But, when Mos- but Moses pleaded with the Lord, Oh Lord, I am not very good with words. I, have nev- I never have been, and not, I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. Moses was fearful. God was calling him to go and speak to the most powerful man on the earth, Pharaoh. God was calling Moses to go back into Egypt, the greatest kingdom at that time, and go and speak words to this man to say, let my people go that they may serve me. I don't know about you, if it was any one of us, we would be fearful as well. And friends, I don't know what situation you might be going through today and what the future might hold, and you might be fearful of the future. You might be fearful of so many other things that are happening. You might feel a sense of uncertainty, of insecurity, of anxiety, whatever it might be. I want you to know that in the midst of your anxiety, your fearfulness, and the uncertainty, Emmanuel wants to be with you. And with Emmanuel, you can do all things. Look at, look at this verse uh, in chapter 4. Now go. This is the Lord telling Moses. Now go. Why will you go? How will you go? I will be with you. Emmanuel will be there as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. Still Moses was protesting. Still Moses didn't want it. He said, Moses pleaded again, Lord, please send anyone else. Friends, whatever situation you might be in today, whatever you're fearful of doing, maybe God is calling you to step out in faith. Maybe God is calling you to respond to something in faith. Maybe God is asking you to do something in his will that you might think, I can't do this. Well, if you're at that place where you're saying, I can't do this, you're in the perfect place because then you depend on God and not yourself. If you're at the place where you say, yeah, I can do that. That's no problem. I can. Well, that was Moses when he was 40. Moses, when he was 80, Lord, I can't do this. I have to depend on you. Whatever your fear might be today, whatever you're struggling with today, know that the presence of Emmanuel makes the difference in your life. The presence of Emmanuel can help you through your difficulty. Look at this beautiful promise in Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. It says, don't be afraid. Why shouldn't you be afraid? What is the sole reason you shouldn't be afraid? For I am with you. you. Right? Don't be discouraged. For I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. The sole reason that we don't need to fear. The sole reason we don't need to fear tomorrow. We don't need to fear uh, our future. We don't need to fear what's happening at our workplace. We don't need to fear the struggle in our family or this financial difficulty or this health problem, whatever it might be. The sole reason we don't need to fear is because Emmanuel is with us. Amen. Emmanuel is with us. Number three, Emmanuel was with Moses when he felt all alone. As I shared a few weeks ago, the greatest health epidemic that's happening right now is the epidemic of loneliness. 
And I don't know how many here, you've come here and you feel so lonely. We're in a place where you, you can have tons and tons of friends on Facebook, on Instagram, and all sorts of places, but feel the most lonely. Unfortunately, we're, we've come to a society where when, even in a marriage, when people are married, they can feel very, very lonely. And friends, I don't know what you might be going through today, and I don't know if you're facing loneliness today, if you're fa- facing a feeling where there's nobody there to support you or surround you. Let me tell you today that Emmanuel is there with you. As Moses knew and experienced the presence of Emmanuel in his loneliness, you also can experience that too. The Lord is able to help us in our loneliness. When Moses came to, uh, to Pharaoh and he came and he told him, let my people go that they may serve me, things didn't go the way that Moses planned. It wasn't like Pharaoh said, okay, all right, yeah, let's go. Let them go, go and worship. No, it was quite the opposite. And the children of Israel got very angry and upset at Moses because of that. It says here in Exodus chapter 5, the foreman said to them, what happened is Moses went and he said, let my people go that they may serve me. Pharaoh was so upset, he told the, his, uh, the, the people over the children of Israel, make them work harder. Don't give them straw for, for the bricks. Let them go and gather their own straw. Let them work harder because they, have so, they feel like they have so much time on their hands that they want to go and worship the Lord. Well, what happened, the children of Israel had to work harder and then they got upset at Moses. Because of that. And if you were in Moses' shoes, going there, trying to set the children of Israel free, free, and the children of Israel themselves, the people you're supposed to be helping, are turning on you. That's a lonely experience. The foreman said to them, may the Lord judge and punish you, Moses, for making a stink before Pharaoh and his officials. You have put a sword into their hands, an excuse to kill us. You know, there's a saying, no good deed goes unpunished. Moses going to Egypt, trying to do a good deed, trying to help these people. Now they're getting upset at Moses. They're getting angry at Moses for what Moses is doing. Such a lonely experience that Moses went through that he has to bear this burden. He has to bear this problem. A few verses down, it says, then Moses went back to the Lord and he protested. Moses came back to the Lord. He said, why have you brought all this trouble on your own people, Lord? Why did you send me ever since I came to Pharaoh and your, and to, as your spokesman? He has been even more brutal to your people. And you have done nothing to rescue them. He was going back to the Lord and said, Lord, look at what's happening right now. Look at this. I'm trying to help them, but just things are getting worse. And Moses is bearing this all by himself. The loneliness was difficult. But look at what the Lord says. Here, here's a, another objection. The Lord, Moses objected, my own people won't listen to me anymore. How can I expect Pharaoh to listen? I'm such a clumsy speaker. C- can you see the lonely path that Moses is walking on? He's trying to respond to the Lord. He's trying to do the will of God. He's trying to obey what God is telling him to do. Things are getting worse. Now the people he's trying to help are, 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 are rebelling against him and, and, and saying, why are you in here, Moses? Just leave us alone. You're making things terrible and worse. And then he tells the Lord, my own people are not going to listen to me. Look at what the Lord says. And I don't have time to get into this. I would love, this is a message in and of itself right here. Exodus 6 verse 2. And God said to Moses, I am Yahweh the Lord. I appear to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as El Shaddai, God Almighty. But I did not reveal my name Yahweh to them. Can you see what the Lord is saying here? Moses, 
to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob, the people that I made a covenant with, the forefathers of this children of Israel, I reveal myself to them as El Shaddai. But Moses, to you, and what I want you to do to the rest of the children of Israel, I'm telling you my most intimate name. I am telling you, and I'm showing you that I want to be with you. Here is the most powerful name that I can give to you, Yahweh. We say Yahweh now. The children of Israel actually lost, um, lost the pronunciation of that. About eight years ago, we did a series on the Ten Commandments, and I shared about this. So if you want to go deeper into this, you can go back and listen to that message about eight years ago about the name of the Lord. But it's so amazing to see that here, the way God tells Moses, I am with you, the way God tells Moses that my presence is here with you, is to say, Moses, to your forefathers, I reveal myself as El Shaddai, and I was an almighty God. But Moses, to you, as you walk this lonely path, as you walk this difficult path, I want you to know my name. My name, Yahweh. My name that will help you in your time of need. And this name, you'll read it later on in, in the Old Testament. There's so many compound names that go with it. Yahweh, Rohe, the Lord our healer. Yahweh, Nisi, the Lord our deliverer. Yahweh, and there's so many compound names there. But it all stems from this root of Yahweh. I am that I am. The most intimate and personal Revelation of God was given here to Moses. Not only did Moses feel alone during times like this, but the children of Israel had an amazing characteristic. Do you know what their characteristic was? They were complainers. Anyone else have this amazing characteristic to be complainers? They would just complain, complain, and complain. Lord, uh, Moses, there's not enough food. Moses, there's not enough water. Moses, it's too hot. Moses this and Moses that. Moses, why are you wandering in the wilderness? Moses, what, where is Moses? And they just complained, complained, and complained. And so this became a burden for Moses. Look at what he says here in uh, Numbers chapter 11. And Moses said to the Lord, why are you treating me, your servant, so harshly? Because of all these problems and complaining that's going on. Have mercy on me. Why did I, what did I do to deserve the burden of all these people? What did I do, Lord, that you're making me the pastor of this children of Israel and all they're doing is complaining? I can't carry all these people by myself. The load is too heavy. I can't carry all these people alone. Lord, help me. Moses was walking a lonely path. Friends, you might be walking a lonely path. The solution for Moses, first of all, was Emmanuel. But second of all, was the community around him. And I want to encourage you, if you feel alone today, reach out to somebody. Join a life group. Reach out to a friend. Connect with somebody in community. Because do you know the solution to this problem? Do you know what the Lord told Moses? What the solution to this was? Moses, I am going to come down, and I'm going to take your spirit off of you, the spirit that's on you, and I'm going to take it and put it on 70 other elders so that they will bear the burden with you. Look at that in, in verse 17. I will come down and, I will, and talk to you there. I will take some of the spirit that is upon you and I will put the spirit upon them also. They will bear the burden of the people along with you so you will not have to carry it alone. Friends, God has made us to be in community. 
He's not made us to walk this journey alone, but he's made us to bear one another's burdens. In Galatians chapter 6, it says that bear one another's burdens, share each other's burdens, and in this way you will obey the law of Christ. God wants us to share our burdens one with another, be in community. Emmanuel is with us, but as we are with Emmanuel, he brings us into community with other people. Number four, Emmanuel was with Moses in the dark valleys. Are you in a dark valley today? Praise the Lord. (laughs) Some others might be in dark valleys today. Some others might be in, in, in hard situations and in difficulties. Whatever the dark valley that you might be facing, I want you to know that Emmanuel is able to help you. Emmanuel can be with you in the dark valley. As, they, as the children of Israel left Egypt, as they came out after all those 10 plagues, and they came as they were journeying out, they came in front of the Red Sea. The Red Sea was in front of them. The, there was mountains beside them. The Egyptians were behind them chasing them. It was a no-win situation. It was a terrible valley, a terrible dark experience. They thought that they were liberated from Egypt. They thought that everything would be good from now on. But then they came to the Red Sea. And they were in a tough and difficult situation. What would they do now? Mountains beside them, Red Sea in front of them, Egyptians behind them coming after them to kill them. What would you do in that situation? Look at how Moses cries out to the Lord. The the children of Israel told Moses, in this dark night, in this dark situation, in this dark valley... Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? The complaining is already starting and they haven't even got past the Red Sea. And they're saying, Moses, why did you allow this to happen? In this dark experience, in this dark night, Moses had to depend on Emmanuel. Moses had to depend on the presence of God. Look at what he does. He cries out to God. It says, then the Lord said, uh, hold on, let me go back one. I think it's this one. Then the Lord, said, uh, the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Moses cries out to the Lord, and the Lord's response is, why are you crying out to me? Get moving. Moses is crying out to the Lord because in this deep, dark valley, he has no one else to turn to. Is he going to turn to the children of Israel for help? No, they're complaining. They're saying, why did you even bring us here? Friends, in the midst of your dark valley, when no one else understands what you're going through, when no one else can empathize with you, whether it's a financial difficulty, whether it's a health problem, whether it's a a problem at your workplace, whether it's some difficulty in your family, in your deepest and darkest night, when you feel like you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, the person that will understand you most is Emmanuel. And Moses knew that, so he cried out to God. There's no one else that he could cry out to. When we have nowhere else to turn, where do we turn to? We turn to the Lord. We cry out to the Lord. Look at what the Egyptians say after the the Red Sea, the, the rest of the story, the Red Sea opens, the children of Israel are going through, the Egyptians are chasing after the children of Israel, the Red Sea eventually closes and the Egyptians die. But look at what the Egyptians say here. Let's get out of here, away from these Israelites. The Egyptians shouted, why? The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. The Egyptians recognized that Emmanuel was there. The Egyptians recognized that the Lord was fighting for his people. Let me close with this last point. That Emmanuel was with Moses 
when his dreams failed. I think all of us have gone through situations and circumstances where our dreams have not been realized. That maybe something that we hoped or wished for didn't come to pass. Maybe a promotion at work or some financial provision or something that we wanted to do, something that we really wish would happen for our life or for our family. And the dream that we had actually died. And that happened to Moses. That Moses' dream actually died. There's two things that Moses really wanted. The first thing that Moses really wanted was that he wanted to finish the, finish the journey and go into the promised land. Unfortunately, at one point, Moses got angry because of something that was happening with the children of Israel. And the Lord told Moses, you can't go into the promised land. But Moses pleaded and begged. He says here in Deuteronomy 3, at that time, I pleaded with the Lord and said, oh, sovereign Lord, please let me cross the Jordan to see the wonderful land on the other side, the beautiful hill country and the Lebanon mountains. He pleaded and he asked, Lord, this was his dream. I want to see the end of this. Lord, you called me to go to Egypt to deliver the children of Israel out of the hand of Pharaoh. And I did that. And we've wandered in this wilderness for 40 years. Lord, please let me live long enough so that I can see the promised land, the land that flows with milk and honey, the beautiful inheritance that you have given to your people. Lord, please, can I go there? And the dream died. And God said no. Has that ever happened to you? Where God has said no? Where the dream that you might have had got crushed? And nothing could change that? Whatever the dream you might have, whatever the situation that you might be in, you might not realize it here on earth but God has a beautiful plan and purpose through the presence of Emmanuel. The second dream that Moses had was to see the face of God. The second dream that Moses had was to see the glory of God. He pleaded with the Lord. He's, Moses responded, then show me your glorious presence. Lord, I want to see your glorious presence. Lord, I want to see your face. I want to see the beauty of you. You've revealed yourself in so many different ways. Can I see you? And God said, no. He said, I'll take you. I'll put you into a mountain. I'll put you in the cleft of the rock. I'll let my glory pass by you. And then you can, I'll open your eyes and you can look and you can just see the back of me. But you can't see my face. We read that. Franklin read those scriptures for us. No one can see me and live. That dream died for Moses. And you would think... Isn't that, a good, isn't that a good desire? Lord, isn't that a godly desire? I want to see the glory of God. Isn't that something good, God? Why don't you give this to Moses? It's something good that he wants. It's not like he's asking for a million dollars. I can understand that dream dying. But Lord, a godly dream, a godly wish to see the glory of God, and that itself died for Moses. Friends, we have to come to a place we understand that the presence of Emmanuel is with us and sometimes our dreams don't become a reality here in this world. But Emmanuel has the best plan for us because do you know what happens? This is, this is, the, this is the beauty of knowing the ending of the story, right? This is the beauty of, having, uh, of talking about this story thousands of years later because approximately 1,500 years after this experience, do you know what happens? Moses is on the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus is on this mountain. Where's this mountain? In the promised land. The men watched. 
Jesus' appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun. The glory of God seen in the face of Jesus Christ. And his clothes became as white as light. And suddenly, who was there? Moses was right there. It took about 1,500 years. But Moses' dream to go into the promised land was realized. Moses' dream to see the face of God, he saw Emmanuel face to face. When Emmanuel, the Son of God, was born into this world and grew up to become a man who would eventually die for our sins, on that Mount of Transfiguration, the glory of God seen in the face of Jesus Christ, Moses saw face to face. Friends, whatever dreams we might have right now, it might not be realized. But remember, in eternity, God wants to do beautiful things for us. Maybe you don't get the promotion that you want. But the Lord says that if we're faithful in what God gives us here, in the kingdom to come, he'll put us over five cities, over ten cities. He'll give us rulership and authority. Maybe you don't get the family that you want or the children that you want. But do you know when you get to eternity, you can have many hundreds of spiritual children as we're faithful to walk with the Lord here. Maybe we don't get the dreams and wishes that we might really want right now. and Maybe our dreams die. But if we know that Emmanuel is with us, not just here, but for all eternity, God will accomplish his will in our lives. And we can hold on to that. What did God tell Moses? Colin and Val, you can come, come up. The Lord replied, I will personally go with you, Moses. I will give you rest. Everything will be fine for you. Look at that last line there. Moses, everything will be fine for you. Friends, if we know that the presence of Emmanuel is with us, we can hold on to this promise and we can hold on to this hope that everything will be fine for us. It, it might not seem like that here in this world, but as we hold on to hope for eternity, everything will be fine for us because Emmanuel is with us. We might not see it now. It took Moses 1,500 years. But we have a hope that goes beyond this life, that goes beyond the grave. As we prepare for the Lord's table today, we want to remember the death and resurrection of Jesus. Colin and Val are going to sing a song for us called the Night Song. And it's a song about going through darkness and trials and difficulties. And as they sing this for us and as we meditate on the words and uh, prepare our hearts to partake of the Lord's table, remember this, that in your dark night and in your dark season, Emmanuel is with you. God is brighter 
shadow 